Today is Friday, March the 10th, 2023, and welcome to episode 34 of Rural Reliance with the Candy Couple. My name is Julia, this is my husband Aaron, and we live on a small homestead in rural southwest Virginia, and we work every day on being more self-sufficient. Now, when we say more self-sufficient, it could be finding a 1% difference or a fourth of a percent difference in our self-sufficiency, but we try to make it a goal every day to get more self-sufficient, to learn more, to find a way to improve our homestead. And one of the things that for us is a huge foundation of what we do is um, prepping for extreme weather on our homestead. Now, homesteading is preparing and I know a lot of homesteaders come to being homesteaders from being preppers we are the exact opposite well not you but me <laughs> I was gonna say well <laughs> I'm, I'm not a prepper I'm not now I've always had food insecurities I will admit that I have food and I've never went hungry not a day in my life but I've always had food insecurities and toilet paper insecurities <laughs> I will admit that <laughs> um but that's but that's just how I am. So we've always had enough food. I've always had a good stockpile of food. I mean, Aaron didn't know what a stockpile of food looked like until he met me. Yeah, um, as my friend Travis would say, yeah, I can't find anything to eat in the house. I guess I'm having an A1 sandwich, you know, before I met her. So, um, but for us, homesteading is all about being prepared. And we had a really big windstorm that was that 60 mile per hour wind that was headed our way um and because of this facebook was littered with people's homesteaders people's buildings in greenhouses especially especially you know your little pvc ones and the harbor freight greenhouses were like all over kentucky and tennessee we're seeing people with damaged ones i can say for us personally we very rarely have main major issues with weather with any structures or things that we put out because that's what we're very careful of we are always prepping for those extreme weather conditions right because i mean you know you can't always think hey the day i build this or the day i put this together it's always going to be sunny and 50 degrees uh, well it's not 50 i say 80 degrees you know you've got to think about you know what happens when it's cold. What happens when the wind blows? Can it hold up to the rain? Can it hold up to so many inches of snow? And for us, homesteading is about being prepared. That is part of being self-sufficient. If you are not self, if you are not prepared, but you consider yourself self-sufficient, you are not self-sufficient at all. That is a huge part of being self-sufficient is being prepared. I would say preparedness is probably 50% of self-sufficiency. Yeah, yeah, definitely. At least it is for us. So just one of the things. So we have a few bullet points we want to go over. Um, and the first one, this is sh everybody should be covered. Have your basics. This yes, is number and this one. This is for any type of weather condition, whether it's from a flood to a hurricane to snowstorm, to windstorm, to just... Forest fire. Forest fire or power outages. So for us, the basics, what we would prioritize as basics are water, lighting, 
um, easy ready to eat food, communication. Now, depending on the weather, we might add in heat, um, a way to cool ourselves or, you know, or I mean, if, if, if it's more of just a power outage, you need to add in there to the, uh, a thermometer to, yes. you know, make sure you're not, you might not know the temperature in your house. You know, you need something that can monitor that to see if you're getting too hot or too cold. You might think you're okay, but you might not be. And we have a great video out that on YouTube for that kind of prepping item as well. We use this a lot, especially for um, the baby because yes. um, of SIDS. And temperature is one of the things that you actually really look at. And they say to keep it a comfortable degree. And the warmer that bedroom is, it, you have a greater chance of that sudden infant death syndrome. So that's why we're very careful about the temperature. Um, while well, for us, it's a basic. <laughs> it's like top priority. But food would be one. I would probably say at minimum have two weeks of ready to eat food. I'm more along the lines of a month to three months for us personally, yeah. because where we are, if it is really, really bad. I, yeah. I, I've seen snowstorm here, you know, two weeks is nothing to, um, be without power for. And a lot of people are like, well, we get 12 inches. We get 24 inches. We get 48 inches. If you live in a flatter area, that's probably pretty normal for you for us two or three inches is enough to absolutely completely shut down our ability to do anything because mm -hmm. our roads aren't well maintained or <laughs> that they're just not and we live on a mountain and any little bit of of wetness turns into ice and, and it's so treacherous mm -hmm. i mean it's absolutely insane yeah now your communications though now you know you're like, oh, well, I've got my phone. Well, do you have a way to charge your phone? Yes. Do you have cell signal on your air? Or are you relying on your internet to provide your signal? Well, so that's an issue as well. So, I mean, you might have a landline. Hey, that might be good most of the time. But uh, for <laughs> us, like we have uh, our internet um, was put in up on a hill over here. And they ran the, the phone lines to it. So when the internet goes out, within a few hours, the, the, the main line, landline will go out even. Um, one of the, the best things you can do is have a ham radio. Get your ham radio license. Have a ham radio. Um, you can always charge that up and get some kind of communication out. Um, with that, you can easily listen to the weather conditions too. You can listen to people reporting on road conditions as well. I will say when I first moved um, in with Aaron, that was one of the first things he made me do. Because that was when I was driving into work every day. Wasn't it? Yes. I, I was going into work every day um, at that point. And that was a long drive. And there was a really long stretch where I would have no internet signal at all. No cell signal. Yeah, no cell. Yeah, sorry. Cell signal. Um, so... I was complete, and if I would have had a wreck, it was at least four miles to the house, yep. up a mountain, yep. <laughs> not down a mountain, up a mountain. So that's a hard hike to make in hills. <laughs> <laughs> and I would even keep sneakers in the car just in case if something were to happen. But I was still dressed up for work, so I would be in a dress, most of the time stockings or something of that nature, 
And that was one of the very first things he told me I had to do was get my ham radio license just for the fact that if I needed him and I couldn't get to him, I could at least get him through the ham radio. Yep. Anything else on the basics? No, no. I mean, the, the, those are, you know, your, your necessity probably for any type of um, small weather, you know, you know, if you're dealing with a volcano or something like that, you're going to be out of the house anyway. You know? And for you, your necessities might be completely different. We will always talk about lighting as a necessity for us, but that was because the four days we had no lighting in the basement were miserable. They were absolutely miserable. Yeah, I, I mean, it provides you a way to, especially if it's a thunderstorm or something and you're out for a long portion of time, it provides you a way to check on stuff. And also, if you're, it gives you the ability to read and helps prevent boredom. Um, so the other thing is to set your homestead up for success. What do we mean by that? So you should know your basic weather patterns in the area you live. So for us in the winter, we can get extremely cold. And we might not get a lot of snow, but if we do get a lot of snow, it can be a lot of snow. So we tend to go on the extreme side. Either we're very calm or we're very not calm. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also tend to get pretty wet. Um, when it rains, it rains. But when it's dry, we're in a drought. Yeah, yeah. We're in an area where we can get all of the weather patterns except, <laughs> you know, hurricanes and volcanoes. Is And we don't... We're not in like a danger zone for like a tornado or anything like that because we are in a mountain. So if we actually had a tornado hit where we are, it it would be like stuck in a canyon or something. So typically you wouldn't see that right there. So what we prep for are the extremes in cold, snow, <laughs> rain, and wind. the wind. Wind's a big one for us because we are on a mountain. So the higher up you go, the more wind, the higher it can blow. So for structures, what we do is we make sure that they are anchored to the ground. Yes. And I'm, great example is the, our Harbor Freight greenhouse. Yes. Um, I've seen a lot of people put these up and just sit them on the ground. Not anchored do not to, do that. <laughs> not anchored to anything. It's not going to last. I mean, the first little windstorm that comes through is going to destroy that. It's going to bend it. It's going to... Put it in your neighbor's yard, anything. I mean, it turns it into like a, a can. That's yes. what the, the, the metal looks like. And you can see them all over Facebook. It, it is insane when you look at the pictures. But what you want to make sure you do, and, and I will tell you, our greenhouse does not work. <laughs> not it the way work. it work is, but it is standing. It is, it, it hasn't moved. <laughs> it has not moved. And I think it's going to be very hard to get it to move. But it is... We are very fond of screws. <laughs> we are very fond of uh, bolts. Um, we like anchoring to cement. That, that's also a very great way to do it. Um, so we have a few different ways to anchor things, but especially really light things, we are very careful to make sure they're, they're in the ground. Like yes. They are attached to the ground. Another example is um, our doghouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is actually to make it level up on the cinder blocks and it's heavy. It's probably heavy enough to hold itself down. It is. But because it's a metal building, we actually did do a suspension on it. So it goes all the way across. We put 
really long, like three foot long post into the ground yeah. and anchored it to that post. That thing, we have a friend who had a shed similar to this one. One good windstorm, the shed was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Ours hasn't moved. The other thing we do is we don't just use the screws that people like come with these kits. We also use bolts. Yes. That's uh, a huge thing. And, um, you know, we're always looking for different types of things. Like if we're doing metal to wood, you know, or using roofing uh, screws, you mm-hmm. know, anything for whatever we're trying to attach it for that sort of meets that need better than relying on what comes with your kit. Absolutely. We will invest in getting bolts and screw in the... Um screw sets just to make sure everything holds together and it has worked out really really well for us and the other i mean small weight can destroy anything so you have to be very careful and i would always say always think ahead and make sure you um if you're really worried and you live in a really windy place don't just anchor to the ground also do the suspension wire too do multiple things. If you were that worried, I would submit it to the ground, which is what we're going to do for one project that we have coming up. It's a small building. Um, But for us, we're also going to have to anchor our washing station to the ground because one good wig could lift the whole thing up. I don't think it would, but we're very careful to make sure that we're in a good place for that. Right, because we're up top of the mountain. We do get those high winds. Stuff does move around. Um, So it's something you always have to be prepared for. Now, the third tip we have, this is something Aaron is amazing at. I'm not. If Aaron didn't do this, we would... We'd be in trouble. (laughs) We would be in trouble because I don't look at this at all. Um, I'm like, well, what does it say? So look at the weather. Yeah. And what we're talking about is, you know, preparing, making sure, you know, you're keeping up with what, what kind of weather is coming your way. And I, I do a lot. A lot of it comes from the ham radio, honestly. Um, so if you're into ham radio, um, you know about your Skywarn nets. Um, and that was something I was a part of um, back when I was big into ham radio. Um, but also, just carrying over from that, you know, you worked with Noah with that, um, is using Noah's website. I have found that Noah comes closer to the accuracy of your weather, it seems like, more often than your local news stations do. At least for us. At least for us, yes. Um, So they're very good about, you know, seeing, you know, okay, you're going to get this much rain. You're going to get this much snow, per se. Um, They're usually more on point with that and with the temperatures and the wind gusts. So it's, it's always good to keep up with them. Um, you know, you can do them on the website at Noah's website there, the weather site. Or if you have a ham radio, you can tune into your local Noah stations and listen to the weather there for the reports. Um, so that's very helpful to keep track of what's coming. Uh, the only downfall about using Noah is if you're trying to look at radars, um, not not so easy to look at on their websites there. It is usually better to go to your local uh, news outlet to look at those radars to see which way it is moving. I would say in this area, knowledge 
is one of the best tools you can have when it comes to preparing for extreme weather um, because if you have that foresight, it gives you time to prepare. So this last windstorm, um, if it would have hit and we hadn't had time to prepare, we would have been in a mess because we would have been. our carport is full of kitchen cabinets. Yes. <laughs> Very nice kitchen cabinets. So we had to come up with ways to, at the time, you know, strap them down, lean stuff against them, cover them, them up, up with plastic to keep them from getting wet, etc. I mean, we actually ended up taking, um, what are the straps? The tosh, the, uh, the pull straps, the pull straps yeah. around our four pantry cabinets. Cause I was worried about them being so tall, blowing away if that wind hit. Now we were very fortunate that wind did not hit us. It was above us the entire time, probably only 50 feet above us because you yeah, can hear it. Yeah, it was very, um, very loud above us, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and then here's another great example of how we prepare. Aaron looks at the weather ahead of time. Um, just yesterday, he was filling up soil beds because for us, it's getting close to when we actually need to put things in the ground. We need to start doing beets, carrots, also getting broccoli out in the next couple of weeks. I have all these things I have to get in the ground. Um, it was pretty. But rain is coming, and rain did come today. So we look ahead at those things to see when is the best time. Preparedness is so important, not just in the extreme weather. That's a huge part just of Just even in your day-to-day -day weather, knowing when you can get projects done. I mean, that's how we run our day, by looking at that weather station, because we get, you know, whenever it's really pretty and it's time for us to start keeping all the weeds down and stuff, we get up an hour and that's how we maintain it and um talking about that um on our daily calendar thing that we used to have on the on, used to have on the fridge um we would put every day you know what our plans were try to get done each day and we would include what the pro projected weather would be so we could see you know okay it's raining this day we think we can do this on tuesday then for example and then on the rainy day do this inside Right, we would look at what has to be done outside, what could be done inside, and if we needed to try to combine, okay, when does it start raining? Like, that's what we will look at. So it's just so important. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how important it is. It also gives you time to actually make sure you get your stuff put away. Um, with that big windstorm, we were worried about losing some of our metal beds. They didn't have anything in them. If that wind would have hit, they could have blown them away. So we actually had time to throw them into the chicken coop where they couldn't blow away. Right. If they blew in there, they would have been contained. Um, so it gives you time to actually prepare. That It's so important. You And you need to have a plan for that preparedness. So what am I going to do? So right now, 90% of the time, our stuff can see here. But if I have a really bad snow you might need to take steps to protect something mm -hmm. um talking about that the the next bulletin is actually you need to know how to prepare for each of your weather instances for us we have to prepare for all of them yes uh you know um snow what are we going to do do we need to get out do we need to prepare and, you know, make sure we're good for an extra week, etc. Um, droughts, you know, we have ring barrels for those. Um, you know, that's our method of if we need to water something, we do have an extra source of water that we can dip into. Um, extreme rain is, you know, making sure that 
uh, we don't have any leaks coming into the basement or, you know, making sure um, our drains are clear so it doesn't back up and any water leak in there as well. Snow, just, you know, I would also say we're snow, making sure we're prepared if we do get snowed in, being able to get to our animals, making sure we can, um, our buildings are still standing if we need to knock off snow or if we need to um, shovel the driveway. Because typically when we get snow, it's ice underneath. So it'll be snow on top and ice underneath. Yeah. We prepare for that as much as we can by parking at the end of the driveway. But there still tends to be a sheet of ice right there and it makes it impossible to do anything. So for us, we kind of have a checklist for each situation. Um, if we're going to get a large snow, I have things that I do. If, if we're going to get two inches of snow, which for us, it, for most people, that wouldn't seem like a lot. For us, that's enough to take down power lines. That's how poorly maintained our stuff is. <laughs> yeah, during the other day, the windstorm, our neighbors out the road, for example, that are not uh, on our line, for example, they were without power for three days, um, and they it was pretty for like... the it was pretty for the the days after. So it just shows in the rural areas that you're not prioritized. For your power and the smaller amount of people that's without power the longer it takes for them to get to you absolutely so i will fill pots with water i will fill up the bathtub with water i will you know make sure we check our supply have easy access to everything we need so if we do need to have breakfast bars or granola or something i'll have all that handy and not have to go search for it later i try to have all of that ready to go before everything actually hits it's so important preparedness is before <laughs> it's not at just after it is the before it hits you don't know what's going to hit you never know what's going to happen until it happens but being prepared is to be ready before it hits. And you're not going to be completely prepared, but there are steps you can take to make yourself in a better position than you would be if you did nothing and just let it happen. For us, water is super important. We don't have a way to get water if we lose power. Uh, and I'll say it, two inches of snow is all it takes. It will take down a tree limb because our trees are very around our power lines have just been let to go grow like crazy and it just takes one little limb to knock down a power line and we have no power for four four days to a week or more. Uh, not usually with two inches. Not with two inches. Uh, no. That's a bigger snow. Yeah, but, bigger snow. But it is something we have to be concerned about. I feel like most of your problems with preparedness or with extreme weather can be solved just by planning. Yes, um, you know, a lot of that planning, you got to think to your property. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, do you have trees in certain areas, you know, that, hey, if the wind blows, it could fall on this. I mean, you got to plan that out as well. Or if snow is on these trees, weigh it down to maybe touch a building that you have, you know, against it and help bring it down. You got to think about how you plan your property out as well from a weather standpoint. You know, for example, um, if, if, if you're needing a lot of sun, you need this here. If you're needing a place, you know, where water collects, you might not be able to put something in that area. You've got to 
think from your weather perspective how it affects your property. I can't say we did not do this when we first started homesteading. We were just Mm-mm. putting trees everywhere. Uh, but we have really, in the past six months, I would say really have buckled down on figuring out where we want things on our property and making the best use of our property. Now, I will say where Aaron put the greenhouse was the best place for it. It was. It's it's, it's too sunny at the same time. In the time. summer. Yes. Um, <laughs> it gets way too hot. Way too hot. So that's why, we, like we said before, we have to work on it to come up with better cooling methods for the summer but at the same time better insulation in the winter it's just you know all the struggles with the greenhouse i mean i would say for for working with your property if you do have trees that can take down a building or a house whenever it's time that time of the year you really need to trim those back trim those branches back so that way before you have a big snow or a big rain. That way you're not scrambling later. I will say for us personally, there's been many a times when we've had like a little bit of thunder or a little storm that we've heard a crack and there's a tree across the road. Yeah. yeah. We, we have some brass repairs. That, that, that really need to go. I mean, it doesn't take much at all. No, they just split. Um, and if you talk to a lot of tree people, those are like the worst trees ever to just um come come down on their own they they really do um and and it was nothing we had a few storms where we see we have trees down around our property line and if those were near our home we would be in a great deal more trouble we're actually kind of lucky the way our trees are We, we don't have trees that are in a huge amount of danger of taking out our roof unless it's like a massive storm or something so we are pretty lucky in that area. Um, so I would say the most, for, for me personally, the most valuable tool, and it's not even the one that I look at whenever you're looking at extreme weather, is going to be, you know, monitoring the weather. I would say this is the one thing, Aaron. I mean, it is... Uh, I probably check the weather probably a couple of times a day. Um but from, you always have yes uh from noah's website um if if i if we weren't doing the house remodel i would probably have noah weather on a little bit more as well besides that i would say it's probably the most valuable thing we do for this isn't it probably just just from planning everything out as well it, it seems so simple oh you're just watching the weather channel like it, that seems so simple. I feel like the for us the Weather Channel. It, it, it's it, I, no, it, well, sort of. <laughs> so, so when they always showed our area, we were sort of like where they were standing at the tip of Virginia, and then at the tip of Tennessee, we were up in that corner. They sort of ignored that area always on the Weather Channel. So, uh, it, it was it was one of those ones where you're like, well. Okay, maybe this isn't so good. <laughs> We're lumped in with Nashville and Memphis and all that when it's nowhere near us. Um, when it comes to long term, it's just one of those things. But I would, I mean, I would say that it, I cannot stress the importance of it when it comes to this. It, it seems like such a simple thing to do when you're planning for extreme weather on your homestead, but knowing your sources. 
And, you know, like Aaron said, even if we lose access to power, um, we still have access to knowing what our weather's going to look like through his ham radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just having that and being able to rely on it, you know, to prepare for any type of extreme weather that's coming. And besides a ham radio, if you've got a weather radio, mm -hmm. you know, those will have the NOAA stations on them as well to tune in and listen to. For us, we're sort of in unique location. Um, we can pick up three different NOAA stations. We can get the one in uh, Northeast Tennessee. We can get the one in um, the Eastern Kentucky. And we can get the one on up a little in, around Roanoke in Virginia. Mm. So we can sort of, you know, piecemeal together, you know, how everything's going, if you're trying to think of it from a weather map perspective. Logistics. Yep. So it gives us um, a bit of an advantage. Where we have so many disadvantages, let me roll, we do have a few advantages that we, we do enjoy. Uh, so what are some of your final thoughts? Uh, that was my final thought was to monitor the weather. Um, mine is always think ahead on your planning um, of what is coming down the road. Like, you, let's say you move to an area, you know, make sure that you talk to some of your neighbors. Hey, what type of snowstorms do we usually get? What type of flooding do we usually see? You know, hey, is this way I always go to work flooded every time it rains and I have to come up with a new route? And have that in the back of my mind always when it's flooding. You know, things like that are things you need to take into consideration. Live there a year before you put up any permanent buildings. Live yeah. there a year. Because you're going to get a good idea. You're going to see how your property works. You're going to have an idea of what it kind of functions like. Um, so I would say for us, Aaron's lived here all of his life. So he knew the best place to put a garden because it was the flattest place on the property. Um, he also knew that where we put the greenhouse is also one of the flattest pieces of the property. It's going to be the easiest to work and um, has the most sunlight. Mm -hmm. I mean, by, by knowing your property and knowing your patterns, it's going to set you up for success versus you just going out there and saying, well, this time of year, because you don't know what the next season looks like, because your property does change like how it functions season to season. Like this part of the property gets plenty of sunlight in the summer, but it gets no sunlight in the winter for your greenhouse. I mean, it's super important to know. Yes, so if you got any questions, comments, or things you want to see in the future, you know, just send those to thecannycouple at yahoo.com. Make sure you go over to our YouTube channel, you know, check it out. Some of our uh, videos that we've been having there are some of the upcoming ones. Um, we'd really appreciate if you subscribe over there as well. We have uh, been growing pretty steadily here lately, especially after our uh, uh, one on soap making has really been taking off. Our video on soap making. I washed the clothes. <laughs> And as always, thank you for joining us on Rural Reliance with the Candy Couple, where we work hard, live simple, and enjoy life. Have a wonderful day.